Welcome to Rave Dad's Diary, the show that explores the globalization of electronic dance music from the perspective of a rural Alberta boy turned raver. I'm your host and resident rave dad, Paul Brooks. Rave Dad's Diary broadcasts on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary at the University of Calgary campus and community radio station located on Treaty 7 land. I acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Siksika, the Pagani, and Kaina First Nations, the Sutina First Nation, and the Stony Nakoda. The city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Welcome to Episode 22. It's Listener Appreciation Week at CJSW 90.9 FM, and I'm bringing in the big guns to help celebrate you, the listener. Contra is one half of rap duo Cartel Madras. She's directing and producing a docu-series on Calgary's underground art scene with the Sans Fox crew. We'll talk about the project and learn more about one of the episodes in production focusing on Calgary's Hi-Fi Club. We'll listen to music from artists profiled in the doc, and we'll play a game to see if we can name nightclubs and venues from Calgary's past. Stay tuned for all that and more on this edition of Rave Dad's Diary. To start things off... Here's the most recent single from Cartel Madras, Drift. For a saddle, medically riled up, ready for revival. Revved up, riddling, roll with the riddling, messed up, middling, body I'm tiddling. Best you settling while I'm peddling. Pills in the molly, I'm nibbling. Edibles, whittling, cash, I'm fiddling. Your own, you diddling. Saddle in the corner with the gas, just giggling. Tell me if you want to get real about the cinnamon. I got discipline. Cinematic citizen, critically litigate. Tell me if she taught these tenements. I'm that Indian, Shrividian, blood meridian. Off my lithium, bounty limited. They ain't filming it. I'm not innocent. I just want to know if you caught my drift. Catch my drift, baby, catch my drift. I'm real sweet when I get real pissed. Make me a drink real quick, real stiff. I'm I wanna hit when you pass that split. Catch my drift, baby, catch my drift. I'm real sweet when I get real pissed. Make me a drink real quick, real stiff. I wanna hit when you pass that split. 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 I have a bread, so I'll make this quick. Said you'd give, but you gave me a fifth. My spliff is red, I'm a separatist. I check on my checks, you check on a grift. I thought you were bold, but bitch, I'm miffed. I'm moving the belly of the beast in the rift. Hate you the gunda, that was a gist. Now watch how I fuck up, moving shit. Kill corny ass conscious shit. Rap like a gunda, offensive lip. Catch me on all the aggressive lists. I have no defense, I just have a gift. Come to my show and you get a stiff, a little more sweat. You need practice. Two hooks on my left, that's my praxis. Some calicatrice and you catch my drift. Catch my drift, baby, catch my drift. I'm real sweet when I get real pissed. Make me a drink real quick, real I wanna hit when you pass that split. Catch my drift, baby, catch my drift. I'm real sweet when I get real pissed. Make me a drink real quick, real stiff. I wanna hit when you pass that split. 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 
spliff, I move real slick, slick, slick. Double tone down, kick, kick, kick. Brown girl, so thick, thick, thick. My rise is imminent. Global citizen, so belligerent. Catch me mingling, southern element. Move like an immigrant on some dick, 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 dick. At my tenement, in my bunny, and feel to million. Give me a million, then I'm Lydian. Now I'm feeling it. Catch my drift, drift, drift. Hey, Contra. Welcome to Rave Dad's Diary. Hello, hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We're chatting via Zoom on May 5th, 2021, and you're in the middle of making a docu-series on underground music and art in Calgary. How did this project come about? Yes, that is what I'm doing in Calgary right now in the thick of new restrictions. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But um, we kind of, we've kind of been as a collective. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a collective, um, you know, Sans Fox collective, sometimes called Thought Nation Media. We, we go back and forth on the name. Someday we'll decide on which one we want to go with. But um, we, we've been talking as a collective for about a year now about creating a, a documentary series, originally kind of about Canadian cities and documenting underground culture in different Canadian cities, specifically the small ones, because, you know, um, me and my sister as Carta Madras, like we get to tour a lot and we get to immediately be kind of punched into a city's underground immediately when we land there because of the type of shows we do. So it's kind of given us this amazing breadth of perspective on different currents in different Canadian cities, different communities doing things to really push its city. So Mm. it's always felt like Canadian, like, look, we're not really talking about that. Or if we do, it's kind of a very, it's like an academic article. It's not really like a fun documentary vice style series that looks at like the thriving Canadian underground. So that's kind of where the idea was born. And you're partnering or you have support from, from Sled Island. Uh, how does that relationship work? Um, I love Sled. Um, everywhere I go in this country, I tell people to go play Sled Island. It's, it's my favorite festival in Canada. And um, we kind of, you know, through Sled in Calgary, Sled's one of those kind of entities in the city that really does kind of champion the underground here. They put on a lot of different artists. They bring in a lot of different artists. They expose people in Calgary to a lot of different cultures as well. And um, we kind of had been just, you know, like we, 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 we play Sled. We played Sled for the past couple of years. And then this year, um sled kind of approached us and was like what are you guys up to like we know you guys have been doing a lot of like production stuff um maybe there's something we can partner on here and this kind of felt like the perfect way to launch this docuseries as like a season one as a dive into calgary tell me about sans fucks or thought nation right um so we're a collective of artists And as of now, we're spread all over Canada and we're multidisciplinary, right? So we have, you know, musicians, um, we have rappers, we have producers, we have painters, we have visual artists, we have designers, um, we have uh, videographers, photographers. It kind of, it's kind of become a collective of like-minded thinkers and creators who want to kind of push the envelope of culture in this country. 
And it, as you know, it kind of began as these underground shows in Calgary called Sense Fucks, where we'd kind of like go to a house, flip the basement, throw an underground party, sell out the tickets, and then, you know, be off the next day. And that kind of spirit of creating spaces in the underground of a city and kind of moving with a certain city subculture and tapping into it really stuck with us. And now we're in 2021 and we've kind of evolved as a collective into kind of a production house, um, kind of stretching into doing exhibitions, doing shows, um, doing documentaries, um, putting together like short films. So the, what began as these like underground shows in Calgary and we've done, we've done it actually like in Edmonton and Toronto, we've done it through Canada has now evolved into kind of this movement that you can really see in the type of work we want to do. I really uh, like this idea of like a cultural exchange going on between uh, underground communities in, in uh, not only like in, in Calgary, but around North America and around the world. Um, is that kind of what's what's going on here with, with Sans Fox in a way? Yeah, it's it's interesting because our collective is predominantly people who are from like, who are BIPOC. Um, so, you know, even kind of without realizing it, I remember we were like, oh, this is weird. Like we're all, you know, from entirely different um, countries of origin which really kind of feeds into the way we move in the underground here, right? Like you have people from, in our collective, from India, from Jamaica, from Nigeria, from Vietnam, from Palestine. So it's it's quite the range of um, different people and different voices and different perspectives. And even within kind of our collective, it offers this sort of cultural exchange, which you can really, which I've really come to see in um, how we create art and how we curate shows and how we curate spaces. So hopefully, you know, this this docuseries is kind of taking all that and being like, okay, how can we take these different ideas and perspectives that we have as a collective that we see various collectives and um, people in the underground in Canada have and share, but kind of bring it into the heart of Calgary because it's happening here, right? There's a massive cultural exchange happening in Calgary between different communities. It just isn't always documented um, Mm -hmm. to the mainstream, which is always, that's like my biggest thing. It's like, how do you, you you essentially create culture by documenting it, right? Like I've always believed that the great cities don't become great until someone says it's great. Mm. Right. And and you could say the same for like art. You could say the same for any kind of thing that someone creates where it's like until someone like takes it and they're like, oh, this is now a thing and this is what's going on. And these are my observations about this kind of occurrence. It doesn't really become real. That's when people start noticing it. And I've always found there are really weird niche undercurrents to cities like Winnipeg, cities like Calgary, cities like um, Edmonton. But it's just about having the right storytellers come in and be like, okay, now I'm going to tell this story. And this is this is kind of like the journalist in me really kind of nerding out because I think that's what I really like to do. As a fellow journalism nerd, uh, yeah, that gets me really excited to hear what you're up to. 
You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary, and I'm speaking with Contra, and they are working on a docu-series right now documenting Calgary's underground artistic communities. You invited me for an interview for an episode focused on Calgary's Hi-Fi Club. Uh, Mm -hmm. What other folks have you spoken to for for that episode specifically? I'm wondering if you've uh, had any interesting conversations with with local artists on on the topic of hi-fi it's it's crazy because like every artist here who has who's a showgoer you know what i mean who like loves to go to shows and loves to perform their favorite club is hi-fi club that's just across the chart right like when i told when um so like one of the other artists were um documenting for the series is um an artist called little snake and um, who signed to Brain Feeder, which is Flying Lotus's label. Cr- crazy, just absolutely wild artist um, who's born and raised here. But when we were, you know, when we called him up and pitched him the episode, he was like immediately like, can you get me into Hi-Fi? Like, is there a way to, I know it's closed, but can you get me into Hi-Fi? And like, it, it really speaks to what a what an anomaly that club was in Calgary and what a interesting kind of, like position it has in so many people's lives, like me included, right? Like my first real kind of solo Carto Madras show where it was like just for us that a venue put on was Hi-Fi. And that was like early, it was like four months, four or five months into our um, like touring and beginning as, as like an entity in Calgary. Um, so it's 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 really championed the underground mm-hmm. um, in this city. So I think artists love it, and so art and artists love it. But you know, there's also just some so some people that I was speaking to kind of about for the hi-fi episode. Obviously, we were chatting with you as someone who's kind of you know gone through hi-fi as a showgoer and as like someone who just likes to party <laughs> and rave um, to someone who then kind of blossomed in the music scene here um i'm a flower yeah basically like you kind of you know the seed was planted at hi-fi 100 percent. which is which is so wild to see right how a club can do that in a city that someone could just go there and love actually just like getting wasted and partying and like meeting people on weekends at a club but it kind of it it, it evolves into a career in the arts I've been reflecting on that a lot. Uh, and especially since I spoke to you about the documentary, just kind of connecting those dots in the, the constellation of, of, uh, you know, a musical ecosystem and an artistic ecosystem in a city. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that you are working on this documentary. Music obviously plays an important role in the episodes. Let's listen to a track from someone you interviewed. What should we listen to? Let us listen to um, Little Snake. Yeah. Let's listen to the Little Snake track and let's listen to a Little Snake track that you love. Yeah, this one's called Raining Teeth. And just that name makes me feel super weird. I have a tooth thing. So Raining Teeth kind of makes me shiver and the track is gnarly. Are you with me? 
You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. My name is Paul Brooks, and my guest is musician and filmmaker Contra. She's directing a docuseries about Calgary's underground art scene, and we just heard a track from Little Snake called Raining Teeth. Little Snake participates in the docuseries. Contra, it's Listener Appreciation Week on CJSW. Do you have an anecdote about CJSW that you can share with me? Um, like, what does it mean uh, to be an artist in the city of Calgary and have the support of this independent radio station? I think independent radio is the, like, I think college radio is the backbone of the music underground of this country because most of the time, uh, mainstream radio is garbage. Sorry. Um, but like truly, uh, CJSW has like early days, early days when we were like, putting out some like terribly recorded demos on like Logitech mics. I stole from work, like a headset (laughs) phone center mic. CJSW was playing those tracks. (laughs) Um, So I I'm very fond of CJSW, Um, you know, pre COVID their fundraisers and their events were always wild. Um, So I'm, I'm uh, always thankful for college radio. They especially kind of, especially people who have very, very unique shows, you know, on um, this station and how it kind of leads people towards new cultures within Calgary and new kind of underground hubs. Um, I love that. So big fan of CJSW. You're working on a docuseries right now, uh, focusing on Calgary's underground art scene. And one of the episodes is focusing on Calgary's hi-fi club, which closed permanently last year. I spent years of my life at Hi-Fi Club as a patron and eventually an employee. Uh, You mentioned that you've partied at the club and you performed at the club and had some of your first major performances there. So I, I thought it would be fitting if we played a game now to see if you can name some historical Calgary bars and venues. What do you think? We can play this game. I will. I will lose. The game, I just put it together this morning. Okay, so it's you. not the most rigorous quiz, but in the okay. spirit of listener appreciation week on CJSW, I want to try out a game. You can play along at home. This is going to piss off Calgary Gen Xers for sure. I'm going to yeah. read you some venue names. I'm going to read you four venue names. Three of them are made up. One of them actually existed in Calgary. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here is your first round. Uh, This one is special to me. So uh, the first group of four that I'll have you choose from, the moat, the castle, the fortress, or the pig and whistle. Wow. The moat, the castle, the fortress, or the pig and whistle. Okay. I think knowing Calgary, 
knowing Calgary, see, knowing Calgary, the pig and whistle seems real, but we have the pig and duke. So I'm going to not go with that. And instead, I'm going to go. What was with the, what was the third one? Uh, the 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 fort. So you have left the castle, the fortress, and the moat. Okay, I'm gonna go with the castle. Oh, you got it. The castle. I knew it. I, knew it. I like know this city and like the corny names we come up with. The castle. The castle was a fantastic venue. Uh, it had a, a very tiny little stage in the corner, and it hosted a lot of punk and metal shows. And the castle eventually turned into Habitat Nightclub. Oh, okay. Interesting. Where, I think I might know that. I think this is why I gravitated towards that. Okay. Okay. So that was good. Good first Good first question. You got it, you got it correct. Uh, the okay. Peg and Whistle was a, a pub. It might still exist on White Ave in Edmonton. Mm, okay, okay. Okay, here's some low-hanging fruit on this next one. Your okay. four choices for a Calgary nightclub that used to exist are seven nightclub, eight nightclub, nine nightclub, or ten nightclub. Oh, yeah. Ten. Ten. Did you ever party at ten? Oh, yeah. Oh, Yes. What, um, what did you is, see there? Is, ten, 10 is the one that is now music, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have a wild 10 story. I We we snuck into the, the Nicki Minaj after party. And um, it was Days Loaf and Swaley who were there. And it was, uh, it was wild. It was absolutely wild. I remember getting on stage with them and they were just pouring liquor into our mouth so that was a crazy party which is why i distinctly remember 10 nightclub 10 nightclub r.i.p saw some really interesting shows there too um it it had a niche okay let's uh let's do another one here is uh one more this used to be uh, across from where broken city is now and i believe it is now a daycare was Ooh. it Sambuca Sam's, Margarita Jack's, Papaya Jim's, or Coconut Joe's. Those, again, are Sambuca Sam's, Margarita Mm -hmm. Jack's, Papaya Jim's, or Coconut Joe's. Hmm. Okay. I think... I think it is, I don't know. I'm going to go with the third option. Papaya Jim's? No, oh, that's that's too wild for Calgary. Calgary no, papaya is way too wild. And that's what I was just I was like, no one here knows what papaya is. Like, especially if this was, no one here 10 years ago knew what papayas were. Yeah. So there's no way. Sambuca Sam's sounds like a very Calgarian thing. Um, I'm stumped. Okay, Sambuca Sam's, I think, was a, a bar in Red Deer, if okay. I'm not mistaken, um, from my memory. Papaya Jim's, I just made that up, along with Margarita Jack's. Coconut okay. Joe's was apparently okay. bumping. 
in the uh, in the 1990s. Wow, coconut joy. It was a bar? It was like a bar. Uh, a bar, nightclub kind of place. Okay, well, thank you very much for playing this game with me. Uh, okay. As we played the game, you know, it's apparent that clubs and venues come and go from a city. So what do you think is different about this most recent round of venue closures that we're seeing? It's very weird because I think obviously, obviously this time around, there's a, there's this kind of element of the external world coming into our little world of Calgary, right? Like there's a, it, 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 there's a global situation. We're seeing global shutdowns of nightclubs because the nightclub industry has taken a hit. Mm. So it's it's a little less like, it feels a little less like, oh, the big bad guy in Calgary came in and shut down all the nightclubs, right? And more like, oh, the big bad in the world is kind of, you know, chaotically causing a lot of things. So mm-hmm. there's that element to it, right? So there isn't really like a enemy or, you know, like an antagonist I can pinpoint in the narrative when it comes to th- these rounds, right? It's more like a, oh, what an interesting time to be in the industry of art and mm-hmm. music, right? Because I mean, like my industry, which is like up until up until last year, though like, I had been dabbling in kind of like creative direction and like production related to just like different artistic practices. My main source of income was touring. So like that was like wiped. Right. And it was, it was wild to see that happen kind of so quickly. Cause like it was, and like 2020 was like our tour year. It was like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to Europe. We're in India. We're we were in America, right? When when everything happened. Can so, we talk about that for a minute? Because yeah, you yeah. were on a tour. You were on a tour in February and mm-hmm. March. You were like surfing on the crest of the pandemic. Oh. Like you were like one oh. step ahead of it. What was tell me about that? It was wild. Like it was literally what because we were touring with Sudan Archives. Um for anyone who doesn't know, Sudan Archives is an artist out of um the US. Uh wildly talented so like um me and my sister um who are Karta Madras and our DJ Young Kamaji we were touring we were her opening act so we were touring with her across the states and uh it was our first truly international tour um we'd finally gotten you know like our visas which took way longer than it needed to because her name is Cartel uh, <laughs> um but so like we 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 finally had our visas, so we were open to international touring. We had the Sudan Archives tour, and then immediately after, we were going to go on tour with Clipping. So it was like a very big year for us. And while we were touring, right, it, we and we were touring, you have to realize, like, touring at our level is absolutely unglamorous, right? Like, we were touring from, like, Greyhound bus to normal bus to subway train to sometimes an uber like that was <laughs> right the only time we got on a flight was when we had to fly from uh like calgary to toronto because even even coming out of like toronto uh to new york we took a fucking bus because we were broke as fuck right so it was like it was like 
broke touring. Um, and when you are touring like that, you are really hearing everything happening on the ground. You are kind of immediately kind of exposed to everyone's networks. And you like when we were in the States, as we were, cause we'd have to sit on buses for like six hours every morning to get to the next stop. And, um, I remember we were like on Twitter and every day there'd be a new wave of news and Americans, Americans are wild. They, they don't care until they have to. Right. So like there was a lot of people we were seeing who were just like, ah, oh, this is jokes, except for people who were like the bus drivers, the Uber drivers, the train drivers, like service people were like the first people who were like, everyone needs to wear a mask. Like they were kind of like, the, they were almost like protecting everyone before the government was, right? And like, we're, we're touring the states in Trump's America, kind of like election campaigning had begun, mm-hmm. right? Like, I remember that too. So that was like a whole thing as well, right? And it was like a very political moment to tour in. And I remember at one point we were in New York and we were we were in like, we, we went to a Jamaican restaurant to pick up food. And um, I think we were in Brooklyn and we were, we were like, actually our Airbnb was like in like pop smokes neighborhood. Um, so, and it, it was like very wild to be there. Cause I think also pop smoke had like just passed. So everyone was playing him. And then I remember we went to this Jamaican store and then, like every single speaker started blaring and then the news came on and it was like, okay, we're in a state of emergency now. And then we were like, wait, what? And it was just wild, right? Like you went out to the street and everyone was just kind of like a bit panicked. Everyone was kind of like looking at each other and not really sure where we were going because no one was sure what was going to happen. Right. But like a state of emergency being declared in a city like New York is a wild thing. And then for that to happen. And then, you know, for us to have to go and play like, the Bowery Ballroom that night was very surreal. And, and we were we were like the last show there. Yeah, you I, I was watching it. I was watching, you know, doors close behind you on the tour. And you like played your I was was your final show in New York City? Our final show was in Philly, which is also wild because they had already shut down shows and we were like, so we're not playing right. And then, like, the owners of the club were like, get on stage. And we were like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Americans don't give a damn until they really have to. And I understand. I think people, it, but that's the thing. We were literally like, it felt like we were like dancing atop like this weird current. And we like finished that tour called, um, called like our agent called our manager and they were like come back they're closing the border and we we were our plan was to stay for a few more days in philly and like party and then um we we were like oh shit and we had to like we we got off stage in philly came to our hotel room packed up found a way to switch the flights and then literally ran to the airport it was so it was such a insanely chaotic time Thanks for sharing that story. That's wild. Yeah. Let's listen to some music. Let's let's <laughs> cleanse it with some music. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. My guest is Contra, 
And we're talking about all kinds of stuff. But Contra is working on a documentary, directing a documentary, a docu-series, actually, about Calgary's underground music communities. Uh, you did some interviews recently. I mean, you're right in the middle of it. Let's listen mm-hmm. to another artist uh, who's involved in the doc. What do you want to What do you want to share with us? Um, let us listen to um, Let's listen to Jay Sterling now, who is a member of our collective, and um, we are doing an episode on him specifically using kind of like the story around the mural in Chinatown, which is um, his piece as kind of the starting point into like kind of like a little look into his artistry and his practice in the city. So he's also a rapper. um, And we can listen to one of his singles from last year called Bless. Tess Tyson, I'm the one they still got their sights on. I'm the one swerving in the streets, no lights on. Still American beast, dropping leaks like the pipe on. Nickname Triper, they go deep in your belly, stick long like a python. Um, roll me up a tight one, leave the seeds in it, wanna hear that shit pop. Smoke guns like a nigga chilling in the Bronx. I know you girl don't like me. I know you man wanna fight me. Cause I look blessed, my white teeth. Cause I look blessed. I know you girl won't like me. I know you man wanna fight me. Cause I look blessed. Cause I look Part of me, I know it's hard to see And I'm a closet stash like a pharmacy No, I'm strapped like Safari Last year I went dark off the molly Please forgive me, I got a beast within me Got a feeding beast, I know I want the beef But now it's far beneath me Pussy good and it's always needed They love the kid, yeah, they love to tease me Bronze bully in a king size Only fucking with it if she got thick thighs Demon mode, yeah, big vibes Demon mode, yeah, sick mind Second thoughts, no rewind Yeah, I told you you would be mine I don't know why these hoes keep mine She wanna fuck me in the free time Demon time, no cheap wine. Demonize, no feline. Feel like 2021. So far ahead of you bums. Look how I step in my ones. You never carried me once. Only y'all to what my dame was. And thought nation on my pay stuff. I know you girl don't like me. I know you man wanna fight me. Cause I look blessed in my white teeth. Cause I look blessed. I know you girl won't like me. I know you man wanna fight me. Cause I look blessed. Cause I look... I know you girl don't like me. I know you man wanna fight me. Cause I look blessed in my white teeth. Cause I look blessed. I know you girl won't like me. I know you man wanna fight me. Cause I look blessed. Cause I look. You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. We just heard the track Bless by Jay Sterling. My guest today is Contra. You might know her from Cartel Madras. We're talking about a docuseries she's making about Calgary's underground art community. Contra, tell me about an experience you've had at a Calgary venue as an artist. Like, what do Calgary's venues mean to you? I've had a very unique experience in this city because I had a kind of a, I had like a, Calgary run which then launched me into 
music touring space in wider Canada and then, you know, the wider world, it was a very, like, you know, it's a, I'm very honored to have been able to touch all the venues I did in Calgary. And the Calgary venue space is so, it's so unique because, you know, you have your, you know, you had your kind of hi-fi, you have your Commonwealth, you have your music nightclub, and then you have your Palomino. And then all of a sudden you have your Tubby Dog, which is a hot dog shop where you can watch punk shows. It We have an interesting venue culture. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of veers back and forth between corporate and underground. And what I noticed, because my touring era in Calgary was 2018 and 2019. And I noticed in that time, venues bending to the underground. I, I noticed venues suddenly playing trap music and allowing hip hop shows, which from my own kind of research and the artists I move with, I understand that like before 2018, that was like not really a thing. There were, there were like small spaces where maybe you could watch hip hop and maybe there were, there were like large scale shows, like, you know, like Kanye West would come to Calgary or like once in a while, like you'd get like a Freddie Gibbs that comes to Calgary, but there wouldn't be kind of this underground hip hop scene that was allowed to exist in clubs. Mm. Um, and that kind of, I'm a part of like kind of like that movement in 2018, where there was a lot of us kind of pushing um, venues to essentially let us in. And, and there's always an interesting moment when I think venues take note and they're like, oh, I see the culture is changing so rapidly. We have to catch up to it. And that's what I really noticed in 2018, where like, even at the start of the year, it was kind of like we, we, ha- we had to play kind of shows at Fudge Packer Friday at Tubby Dog, right? Like Tubby Dog was one of the first venues that kind of put us on in their lineup with other artists, right? And then you you would never think that we'd get a show as like an underground artist in a place like Commonwealth unless we were opening for somebody or it was like through 10 at 10. Um, but then all of a sudden, by like fall of that year, things were changing, right? All of a sudden, like there was kind of this like buzzing in the underground of the city where even like places like a broken city would want to be like, okay, let me curate a trap night. And that that's all like, it all happened so fast. Right. And like, I was kind of in the thick of it and I still am, but like, I can't say I'm in the thick of it now because no, there's no touring right now, but it, it is interesting to see venues shift in Calgary. And I am very, very curious to see, because there's a vacuum that's going to be left behind once the, you know, once everything is over and people are hopefully vaccinated and we all can get back onto the streets. Um, I'm interested to see where people are going to gravitate towards. Yeah. Like, you know, who's going to be the next big player? Like I'm personally concerned about Calgary's diminishing venue landscape. Like I see things disappearing and, uh, I don't hear or see any plans yet to to rebuild quite yet. I'm, I'm wondering if your the the episode of your docu series that's focused on Hi Fi Club, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is it is it like an optimistic vibe? Are you sounding an alarm bell uh, 
what, what, what is the what, what, what are the feelings of the people involved? I think it's it's interesting because I think when we kind of storyboarded it, we were like, okay, there there needs to be a piece here about um, wondering what now, right? Which I think um, I heard that piece more from you, which makes sense because you're the consumer of the club. Um, so it's kind of like, whereas like, uh, some of the other people that were interviewed for the episode, it, it was very kind of celebratory, right? It's like, we really did this. We ran this club for 15 years here and th- there's a legacy that is being left behind, which is also important to note mm-hmm. in, in a city's history, right? It's like, oh, this thing existed and it was a moment in time and thousands of people's lives have shifted because of this club Mm -hmm. right so it's like this kind of mix between okay there's a tribute here right it's a tribute to this very strange space in the heart of the city and i want to be able to kind of bring back the narrative to be like okay what does it mean when things disappear where does it leave us and i think i'm I'm honestly going to probably hit you up about that because i think that's something you think about often oh my god i i'm always my brain is i have to pull it back into the present all the time (laughs) um this is just fascinating and i mean talking about hi-fi club i can smell it i can smell the office Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to check out this, uh, this project. What, what are the publishing plans? Like how can people experience this, uh, this docuseries and, and learn more? So the, the plan is that it premieres with SLED. Um, and I think, uh, SLED's kind of figuring out right now when would be the right time to have their festival and in what, what format. So I think for us, we want it to premiere for Slut Island. Maybe maybe that could be like kind of like screening all the episodes of the docuseries in like um, kind of like a film format, maybe outside. Um, that would be really cool because like summer here is lit and I'm hoping that it can be lit <laughs> in July. I would love for that. Um, so uh, the plan is to have it uh, air with Slut Island like uh, as a first and then We'll kind of see where it goes from there. Obviously, it'll live online digitally through like their website or our website. But I think it's going to end up being an important moment. Um, like it's going to document a bunch of important moments in Calgary. And I want these stories because they're all short talks, right? About different people. It's like as of now, we have about six episodes we're filming, and they all kind of lean into different cultures in the underground here and different artists and what they're doing. And I really want this to exist online forever so that people from outside Calgary can look at it and be like, Oh, that's crazy. All this shit's happening there. Awesome. Well, thank you for making the effort to get this out into the world. Any shout outs on on the project? Anybody you want to give special thanks to? Yeah. Um, you know, our collective is awesome. Uh, we're, we're the, the central cinematographer um, for all of this is uh, Jushin, Jushin Mukin, who is someone I've worked with before. He was a cinematographer for Gunda Gold. We're very lucky to have him in Calgary right now because um, he's working with us on 
he's he's working with us a lot actually right now. So I'm you know unofficially he's now unofficially I'm bringing him into Sandbox. Um, but um, he kind of came on board uh, for this project because he is very 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 talented, very skilled. Um, you'll see his work in our upcoming uh, upcoming music video that's coming out in June. Um, he did a lot of the cinematography for that. So Jushin is like basically uh, one of the, you could say like co-director for this, um, going to be like co-editor. Iman Safadi also is like, she is one of the co-founders of this collective. Um, she's also someone who kind of ideated this with me and the rest of us. So yeah. And she's my neighbor. Yeah. Iman is your neighbor. Yes. <laughs> Shout out. All right. Well, let's finish on some music. Pick the final track we're going to listen to today. So the final track we're going to listen to today is um, by an artist named Kid Mello. He is from Calgary. He kind of does, um, you know, pop, soul, funk. Um, really, really, I, I really like, um, his newest project that he just dropped. So this is by Kid Mello. It's from his album. It's called Just Cruising. And, um, this track is called Buy Me Snacks. Thank you. 
episode 22 of Rave Dad's Diary is coming to a close. Rave Dad's Diary is written, produced, and hosted by me, Paul Brooks. The show is produced on Treaty 7 land at CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary, Alberta. Season 1 theme music is Orchestral Lab by Guido, released on Punch Drunk Records. The Rave Dad's Diary logo is by Homesick. Follow the show on Instagram, at Rave Dad's Diary. Here's Wide Shut is coming up next. Stay tuned. It's going to be lit. This is The Reference Desk, a program dedicated to digging out little bits of musical gold from the CJSW library. Today, I've pulled out a compilation album of music by Omar Rodriguez Lopez, who many of you know as the guitarist and founding member of the Mars Volta. Other notable projects of his include At the Drive-In, Antimask, and Bosnian Rainbows. 
But today, we're examining Omar's work as a solo artist. So for those of you who've never heard of Omar or the Mars Volta, here's a really quick summary. So at just 17 years old, Omar decides he's going to hitchhike across America. Somewhere along the way, or possibly multiple somewheres, Omar picks up an opiate addiction. He eventually gets back in touch with his good friend, Cedric Bixler Zavala, who convinces him to come back home to El Paso. With the help of Cedric, Omar was able to turn his life around and eventually join At The Drive-In as a bassist and backup vocalist, eventually switching to guitar. not made public, Omar and Cedric would eventually leave at the drive-in to focus on other projects, the most prominent and best-known one being the Mars Volta. Years go on, Omar has a lot of success, some tragedies, and so much creative energy to throw around that he's listed on Wikipedia as a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, producer, actor, and film director. Just throw in some dance and this guy's a quadruple threat. So, Omar puts out albums fast. Like, really fast. In 2016 alone, he released a whopping 13 albums, and 10 in 2017. Since going solo in 2004, Omar Rodriguez Lopez has put out 50 albums. That's 5-0. And that's excluding the compilation I'm holding in my hand right now. is called Telesterion, named for an ancient Greek temple that gradually grew to an enormous size over hundreds of years, which is apt given that the album is made up of tracks cherry-picked from his album releases over a six-year period. Given that Omar puts music out so frequently, it can be difficult to fully digest an album before another one gets dropped, a problem that I experienced over the past year with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. That's why I absolutely love that he put out this compilation. It serves as a fantastic introduction to his solo body of work, and I'm really hoping that he does another one soon. Because since Telesterion's release, Omar has put out another 30 albums. It's not like some of these albums are three, four, five tracks. They're all full length. And if I may take a moment, I would absolutely love to share with you, the CJSW audience, some of Omar Rodriguez Lopez's album titles, because some of these are just fantastic. You've got 2007's An Apocalypse Inside an Orange, 2008's Absence Makes the Heart Grow Fungus, 2012's Octopus Kool-Aid, 2013's Woman Gives Birth to a Tomato, 2016's Cell Phone Bikini, and 2017's Chocolate Tumor Hormone Parade. 
which kind of sounds like something that Primus would put out. Nothing yet this year, but we shall see if there's another compilation yet to come. exactly is on Telesterion? Well, one will find 37 killer tracks across two CDs or 38 tracks across four vinyl records, depending on how you like to digest your physical media. Omar described the release by saying, everything I do is a celebration. The idea of this album is a place where people can get a general understanding of that ritual, which is likely the source of inspiration for the name Telesterion. So, Omar's got a lot of music to check out, like an incredible amount I couldn't even begin to cover in a segment of this length. 